everybody. Welcome to the Limit Up Podcast, a presentation of Top Step. I am Jack Pelzer, joined by John Doherty today. John, always a pleasure to have you. Look forward to hearing what you think about some pretty good things going on in the uh, equities right now. How are you doing today? Pretty great, Jack. Thanks for having me again. What's going on with Danny? Using up all his uh, vacation time? First well, month of today, the year? Yeah, we finally have snow. He marks it around wherever there's snow, right? I'm going to turn my headphone volume up a little bit. I guess he got the alert from, I don't know, Santa Claus or whoever does it. And he's out snowmobiling somewhere. So uh, Good for him. Given the winter we've had, it's cold now, but I'd watch the watch the thin ice, Danny, because it's been a warm one so far. So, yeah, with that, Dan's away, and maybe that's good stuff for the markets. Uh, going on the back of Jerome Powell's meeting and announcement from the Fed yesterday, which saw stocks rocket up eventually, because we all know it dives both ways. We'll talk about that a little bit. Today's overall theme is going to be, well, we just finished up a more general three-part series about our prep trade reflect methodology. And now let's put it to use. So we'll start by doing like a pseudo recap today. Doherty, how close have you been looking at like the ES today? Not religiously, but I am looking at it. I'm watching it. You know, let's look at it together. I've been seeing a few things. <laughs> We're up quite a bit, obviously, as of right now, about 64 points, 492. So that's 3.9% up in the NQ. 1.5 in the S&P. And what that has to do is with earnings from Meta yesterday, something I would not have thought I'd say in years, but it's crazy to see after hours a company the size of Facebook be up 20%, I think it was, right after hours on the earnings release, and that is what is kind of driving the Nasdaq. It's sort of if they can do it, we're all home free, or at least that's the vibe I get. Yeah. Besides that, the thing that I've been watching as far as the ES finally happened today, we have a golden cross. The 50-day moving average on the ES has officially surpassed the 200-day moving average, which is something I look back on. For those of you who are the Michael Burries out there. <laughs> what type of uh, moving averages do you track? Simple, exponential, hulls? Any specific kind? I think I think they all their place, but I think for just the classic, I just use simple for like the fifty two hundred, just yep. because I assume that's what m the most people have in there when they're talking about like these crosses. Mm -hmm. But obviously, like if you're doing trends and stuff, there's definitely places for. Um, I'm more familiar with the exponential, but I know people that use the whole as well. Yeah, I definitely prefer the exponential on the uh, shorter terms. Anything under a fifty, I'll look at an exponential. But from the fifty day beyond, simple moving averages are what I look at also. Just so everyone out there understands the math of the exponential moving average, it just more uh, heavily weights the more recent parts of the more recent time frames you're doing it for, right? Right. right. So it could still incorporate something big that happened eight days ago. So what days do you use that are under 50 with that exponential? Uh, 2010, maybe a five if I'm really trying to trade some short-term positions, you know, real quick in and out. But that's it. I don't I don't get too creative with them. Yeah, so, and I don't get creative at all with the 50 and 200, but something that's interesting, well, I'll be looking very hard these next two days, then we'll get to the Fed. What has happened with the 50-day moving average crossing the 200? We'll see if it holds. That, the entire time in both the Great Recession, like that stock crash, and the tech bubble, the 50 and never crossed the 200-day to the upside the entire time until the bottom was in. Now, 
it came very close, and that's why I say it's important that it holds it. We're literally like, I just wanted to talk about this, but we're just an inch above. Like right now, I have the 50 days at 3970, and uh, the 200 is like 10 points below that. I want to see some consistency here because it did during the tech bubble. It did touch it, and I zoomed in. The data so far back, I couldn't tell <laughs> if it maybe hit it. So I'm just giving that as full disclosure. But it would be unusual in something like this for it to cross and then continue to the downside. Right. There's a lot of momentum pointing higher right now. I mean, the ES, I'm just glancing at the chart right now. We're looking at eight higher closes out of the last 10 trading sessions. We broke through uh, highs from last September. I mean, there's a lot of signals pointing higher right now. I think you're seeing a little bit of the beginning of a vibe shift. Mm -hmm. And that goes into a lot. And the title of this episode is, is the bottom in. And we'll mostly talk about the Fed. But I saw a good tweet yesterday. And uh, let me see if I can find this really quick. You know, we can have some patience. I hate to misquote or not give people what they think. It was basically, okay, so I saw this tweet. It said, the financial markets are loosening. This is from uh, Joe Weisenthal. The financial markets are loosening, economic growth is accelerating, and the Fed is not trying to short-circuit the move. The onus is on the bears to tell me what changes. So we've been in this whole cycle of Fed hiking rates that has brought us into this downward trend, you know, to combat the inflation. And for all you out there that are trend trading, like day traders and such, the onus has been on the bulls for this past all 2022, right? The idea was you wanted to sell the pops. Now, the Fed hiked a quarter point yesterday, which was expected, gave some conflicting things about going forward like they always do. But they are definitely signaling that they're pretty much at this point signaling where they think their terminal rates are. And then it'll be kind of like how long they hold it. But there's a lot of good economic data out there besides that. You know, we talked about the meta earning beat, but unemployment's low. There's a lot of good things coming out of the home builders are all at 52 highs, uh, 52 week highs, stuff like that. There's a picture emerging that things might be okay. And now when things are okay, the historic mega trend of things like stocks are to continue going up. Now it might be on the bears to be like, what is the bear case? So because you're JD to dancing bear, yeah. you and Michael Burry, who were mentioning, <laughs> we're mentioning Michael Burry because um, Michael Burry is such a weirdo. <laughs> like obviously he made a lot of money, but he is, he is seriously one of the weirdest friggin' guys. I mean, just for a little background for people, I don't know if they cover this in the big short, but he essentially left the medical school or profession because he like, fell asleep during a procedure because he was like, trading all night so everyone knows about the big short stuff but if you if you don't follow him or see him on twitter he is one of the most enigmatic figures he deletes all his tweets and then just once in a while just comes out with something he goes by the name cassandra which is um i'm not good with my mythology but it was a fortune teller or someone was predicting something is like a cassandra so it's pretty uh it's a pretty what, what do you call it that's a pretty bombastic name to have but uh before this Fed meeting two days ago, he just tweeted out, sell, period. <laughs> I'm going to have to start following that guy. I haven't uh, I haven't checked out his Twitter feed in quite a long time. 
But I mean, you can't see the feed because he deletes everything. (laughs) But I get what he's saying. It seems like the theme since uh, Wednesday's rate hike is traders really just think the Fed is wrong on this. I mean, they're still opposing this uh, sort of hawkish stance for now, meaning that there's it sounds like they're still in favor of another rate hike, maybe another 25 basis point rate hike in the next meeting in March. Uh, while the street is really taking the complete opposite stance right now, you know, we saw a 25 basis point rate hike yesterday and uh, stocks rallied, bond yields fell. Well, they valued all the classic things you'd see. And like always, we've said this before, this is why you shouldn't really trade around like the Fed release in number. It seems, and this is just anecdotal, I'll go back with a spreadsheet and figure it out sometime, but it always whipsaws. It always goes, mm-hmm. I feel like it always goes one way. And then never falls through. It goes the other. Like on this number, because it was so expected, not a ton happened, but it erased all the days. It like put in new lows. Mm-hmm. And then during the presser, off to the races. I think because he was saying good things about, he wasn't. It's so funny to hear them up there being like, "We got to get you know unemployment up." But he was a little bit softer on that. And what you said earlier, it's like, yeah. You know they're 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 not pricing in what the Fed says it's going to do, but like the difference between them is narrowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't per my you know good friend Michael Burry. It's like on the macro, like in the whole scale of things, it's like how much will it matter a year from now if they hike a quarter percent at the next one and a quarter percent in May versus just one quarter percent. Like, how long they hold things will matter. We're down to the quarter percent, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the race has been run here. So yeah, what, are, what are you looking for? I, I feel like we always say the, the CPI number is going to be gonna be spicy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the next meeting in March, we'll definitely see a 25, a quarter point hike. I was doing quite a bit of reading about this right before we started and uh, reading a few obscure articles. And there are people out there actually expecting uh, a rate cut before the end of the year also, which I don't really, I wouldn't put too much faith in that. I mean, like you said, we're starting to taper off on hikes right now. So we'll have to likely span a period of no hikes or cuts for a while. But overall, circling back to what you're saying about jobs one everything seems pretty healthy right now there is a little bit of tightening in a few labor sectors but overall i mean looking just at uh preliminary numbers the big we are speaking at thursday right now the big jobs report for january comes out tomorrow you probably if you're not watching live right now you probably won't catch this podcast until after the jobs number comes out but i mean uh job openings are still pretty big i think i read that right now there are 1.9 open jobs for every unemployed person. That was the the report for December. That came out in the JOLTS report. So I think the numbers that come out tomorrow are really going to sway or have a, a significant effect on what happens March. But I'm still thinking, yeah, we see another quarter point hike. Well, maybe I can get this out be- before it because I'll give my hot prediction, man. Like the second best thing, if you're like looking for a bull case for stocks, like, the second best thing to happen would be like the number comes in right in the screws. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that could happen is that it blows it out of the park. It's like a great unemployment number. And the best thing that could happen is it's a terrible unemployment number. This is highly unlikely to happen. Mark is like certainty. But 
<laughs> I bet you this explodes into the stratosphere. If if like the the unemployment number were to come out at something absurdly high or just like above the whisper number or whatever that, it would be like it's on. Mm-hmm. The bond traders are ready to say, yeah, Powell, like you're doing this. And to what you alluded to early, I've seen a lot of hedge fund guys who are putting big probabilities on cuts before the end of this year. And I think that's predicated on that eventually holding a rate here uh, will have a toll on deterioration. And as a country, we don't we don't tolerate you've seen that we don't tolerate inflation well. People get friggin' mad. <laughs> Unemployment, if you were around in like twenty oh eight or twenty oh nine and stuff, rising unemployment is not something that people stand for at all either. They mm-hmm. get mad. And that was only what? Like nationally probably raised to like seven, eight percent during the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. So it's a long way to go, but I think they'll start cutting if they get enough deterioration. Another question I saw posed in an article I read was, uh, could this be the first recession where the jobs market is not really affected? Possibly. We don't know, man. This is all freeform jazz from here on out. I mm-hmm. mean, everyone's making these comparisons to this. I think people are being too confident in their own ideas of like what should happen. Uh, especially since like no one out there, very few people out there were actively trading in the late 70s, early 80s. And even if they were, it might be the wrong lessons. That was a totally different thing that happened. We've never had like an economy shut down completely at a mm-hmm. full halt and then a ton of money pumped into it and then we let it reopen and see what happens. So I think we should be expecting things to move around back and forth. But I, I think these people who are saying like, uh, you know, it's 1981 and we're going to 13%. It's like, shut up. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, I think we. I don't think the VIX would be below twenty if that were really the case. There's confidence in the market right now. Oh, exactly. Yeah, with everything going on, once again, other thing you should have on your board, man. Keep track of the VIX. It's shocking. It's been a long time since we've had consistent VIX stuff below twenty, and that should tell you something. Mm-hmm. We're still dealing with an inverted yield curve, though. That takes time to uh, flatten out, but for the moment, shorter term rates are. Higher than longer term rates. And that's a function of the Fed. But it's like, once again, every other time with with the inverted yield curve, we just never had something like this before where there's just this whipsaw and we're trying to put down inflation in the short term. Yeah, I don't think that four plus percent yields on six month treasuries and two year treasuries is going to last too much longer. Mm -hmm. Waiting to work their way through like when the Fed stops cutting. Or sorry, sorry, raising rates. Keep rolling those four-week notes until uh, they tell you to stop. I, dude, I, 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 I did today. I literally, today I was uh, buying a bunch of, in the risk-free proportion of my portfolio, I was buying, you know, two, mo- two months out. It's like, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just checked, actually, the one month, the four-week note is trading, or uh, the yield on the four, pardon me, the yield on the, Four-week note is uh, 4.4% right now, almost 5%. Yeah, that I got close to that. And it's kind of like, yeah, if you have a bunch of money sitting Just around. cash sitting around. In like, yeah. ba- in like a bank account, or I guess you'd need to be in a brokerage if you're going to do this. But like, yeah, if you got cash on the sideline, that's not bad for a month or two. 5% a month? Your, not bad yeah, at all. Pay, pay your cable bill. <laughs> yeah. 
I believe that's tax free, right? At the federal level. Is Maybe it? not for the. No. Well, no, it is. I thought the coupons are. Yes. But those aren't coupon notes. Yeah. All good stuff to know out there. So anyway, are there any important levels? We're selling off well, a little bit towards the end. Uh, any other levels that you're looking at around here as we go into unemployment? And um, uh, so, so for, for for me, there's, you know, the big fat number at 4,000. The month high on that crazy CPI spike uh, from December is at 4180 or thereabouts. Yep. 4200 is a big psychological one that I always hear as that's a FOMO level for a lot of people, which then brings us to above that, you know, 4326 was the last big um, rally, which kissed at that point the 200-day moving average, but didn't go through it like it has now. So Yep, we're looking at kind of the same stuff, that August high, 4325, that's on my radar. Uh, after that, the big round number at 4,500, those are some major levels that I'm looking at right now. Pulling up this chart right now, if, if you draw a channel line down from last year's highs to the October lows in the ES, uh, you know, you'll likely see that we've broken out of that upper channel line. We've clearly broken out of the uh, the bear trend. Doesn't necessarily mean a shift in overall trend, but there is some jacking going on for longer term position right here. Today, we tested that September high at 41.75 like you said we tested this level back in well, i'm looking at it back in december too uh just a couple of weeks ago and uh we saw some sellers step in there so this is a bit of an inflection point that we're at right now going back to september yeah. 38 uh 3800 be huge too because if, if you look if you're looking back at the further like uh, on the year and a half level we just have a series of lower and lower lows in uh 20 all these months are in 2022 i'm saying in january in march in may in june and then the lowest of the low we got like in october kind of a double bounce but now we're on two straight higher lows mm-hmm. so especially that 3800 is kind of where the most recent low was i think that that is something that's going to be very important as well i agree with you there yeah momentum's Pointing higher, we've got strong volume coming in. Open interest is uh, pointing as higher also. So these are all pretty solid bull signals we're seeing. Yeah, so I guess the takeaway advice here is I would be less, you know, like we said, 2022 in that down channel, it was kind of sell the pops and you'd usually do okay. We're kind of maybe rotating to a new or we have to like a new, like when you go macro macro on this, a new state where I think it's establishing. Yeah. Like you said, bull trend. Uh, starting a shift possibly that bear trend broke out of that channel. From what I can see, that's the way I look at the market when I'm looking at these channel lines of when it breaks out and it's consistently trading outside that upper channel line. Uh, it's more of like a period of consolidation where longer term money is just uh, battling for a position right now. So don't get, because it worked so well in 2022, I guess the parting piece of wisdom here is don't, don't really, by all means, go short. If you have a strategy and you want to go short things, but don't, don't get so committed to the idea of selling this because that's the, the worst thing in trading, like the most deadly thing you can do 
is think things can't go higher, mm-hmm. especially higher. And we are in one of those things at the beginning of the year. There's going to be FOMO. There's going to be a, a lot of, I saw you know someone else talking about that a lot of uh, traders. So a, a, a lot of like funds and things like that is that you can generally be forgiven for taking drawdowns during a bad year. Mm-hmm. But you're getting your ass canned if you miss out on rallies. Yeah. So around 4,200, that's, that's my FOMO point. I would be, I'd be careful to just blindly short things as this goes through 4,200, just thinking that, oh, this looks expensive on a chart. It's got to be something more than that. Don't let those overbought signals trick you into shorting too much. Death by a thousand cuts, right? Yeah. And remember all those, you know, momentum algorithms out there and things like that. They love momentum. They don't love being, (laughs) there's not a lot of contrarian algorithms out there. So cool. Well, JD, thanks for joining and kind of discussing this with me. This is kind of a timely episode. We'll maybe next week start a new series on something that's kind of more evergreen or whatever else, but it was just nice to talk about what's going on for now. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks for having me, Jack. I appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. Stop by anytime. Everyone else out there, have a good day. Have a nice week. Now, that's pretty broad. I got to say something more specific, JD. It's uh, <laughs> like, uh, may something nice happen to you in the next couple of days. <laughs> I like, like that. Like a, like a mitzvah. So stay safe. Namaste and trade well. We'll see you next week. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.